Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Today we're going to be talking about how to cultivate adventure, aliveness, and passion, and how it can help our spiritual journey. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration to begin to help you clear the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's get started. Dennis? I think, Karen, just only naturally, we all wish to live a life that's filled with adventure and excitement, and we want to be alive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and a lot of times things start out that way, whether it's a relationship or a job or an activity, but then things start to fade. Mm -hmm. Can you help us with that? Yeah. It's really difficult with maintaining that momentum of excitement and passion and liveness because what happens is we start to fall into routine. And that routine is comes about because we as humans like this thing called certainty. We like to know what's gonna happen. We like to feel safe. So a lot of times, in particularly in relationship, let's talk about intimate yeah. partnership, okay. this idea of love or feeling togetherness is founded on closeness which has to do with a certain level of certainty. Like, I know everything about you. You know everything about me. I know always where you are. You always know where I am. It's a lot of certainty and quote-unquote closeness, right? But in that, there's no passion. So what is passion? Passion comes from not knowing. It's from uncertainty of the excitement of the unknown. That's what makes us feel alive, the unknown, right? That's what, like... Ooh, if I don't know what it is, it's kind of exciting. Now, excitement and fear are like really close yeah, friends. You're, you're you know, making, they're like right on that edge. You're kind of jumpy here. I know, <laughs> I know. They're really close cousins and I get that. But in that, to have that excitement, that aliveness, that passion comes from the unknown to some degree, the uncertainty. I mean, if you're going to jump, like for example, let's take an extreme example. You're going to jump out of a plane or you're going to bungee jump. You're going to feel very alive, probably petrified at the same time, but very alive because you don't know what's going to happen when you jump, assuming you've never done this before. Yeah. So that aliveness like, of like really being in that moment is because you're in that moment of total uncertainty and you have to then surrender into that uncertainty to keep going. Yeah, to, to experience whatever it is that you're going to experience next. It's the same in relationship to a lesser degree, right? And even in our daily activities. So to cultivate more aliveness, more passion, more adventure is to, okay, this sounds at odds with it, to schedule in moments or activities where there is uncertainty, where there is the unknown. Does that make sense? So it's kind of a test. It's kind of going well, up against that, uh, you know, like you mentioned, I want to feel safe. Yeah. I want to feel secure. Mm -hmm. And you're asking me to step out of the box every so often. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm asking you to. If you want to feel more alive, yeah. more passionate, yeah. that is where that edge is, where that aliveness comes from. It comes from that uncertainty. So, for example, if you've been in a relationship, intimate partnership for a very long time, there's this very commonly held belief that if you're in a relationship for a certain period of time, the passion fades, and then you're just going to fall into routine. So it's to insert into this very close relationship 
where you know the other so well. Moments where you don't know the other so well. And so how do you do this within the safety of the confines of a, of a relationship, let's just say? Because there's, you know, there's certain parameters around that, right? I'm not saying going out to have like sex parties or whatever. I mean, you can if you want to, but I'm just, that's not required. What you can do, however, is something that I call um, adventure dates. So adventure dates are this thing where you can do this with your intimate partners, you can do it with your sister, your brother, your mother, you can do it with your family and your friends, okay? So adventure dates is when one person plans something for the other. Okay? And it can be very simple. It doesn't have to be an elaborate, like flying off to Paris, eating breakfast at the most beautiful place to buy croissant or whatever. It doesn't have to be that elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. It could be as simple as, um, so I'll tell you for example, my first adventure date that I planned with Chris was very simple. I, he loves views and he likes to hike but not for t too long. So what I did was I said to him, okay, at X time, three o'clock, you need to show up with this kind of gear on. So your hiking shoes, like, like kind of outdoorsy gear. And you're gonna get in the car and we're gonna drive. And he's like, okay. So all he knows he has to show up with a certain amount of type of clothing. I'm sorry, it wasn't three, it was 11 in the morning. So then I drive him to a hike we've never been on that I know has views. I've already yeah. planned this. So he doesn't know what's happening. I know what's happening. And then I take him through the back road. So we're, I know that we're, gonna, we're in a certain part of Marin County at the time. And we always, whenever we used to go over this one particular road, we'd always turn right to come home. And I knew that. So on this day after the hike, right, I took him down this road and we turned left. And he's like, where are we going? And I'm like, I don't know, we're turning left. We always turn right. So all I did was I take him to this little out of the way restaurant in this little town called Mill Valley that he'd never heard of before, right? So it's, and we had like a $12 Indian burrito. Okay, so I took him on a hike and I took him out for a $12 burrito, right? So the cost of this is quite low but he didn't know what to expect. He's just knowing he's showing up at a certain time with gear on, right, to be prepared for this thing. So it's really fun because he gets to see what this is and then we went to go see the sunset at a different place. So all those things didn't cost very much, but because he didn't know what to yeah. expect, it created more aliveness and more excitement because he has to surrender into the unknown, but it's safe. I'm not gonna put yeah. him into like some situation where he's gonna be tremendously unhappy. You know, I'm not gonna, if he's afraid of heights, I'm not gonna, put him into a thing where he's being chucked out of a plane, for example, yeah. right? So obviously that in mind, but it's this really wonderful way for you to give to somebody else where you give them the gift of uncertainty. You get to be very present oh. together. You get to watch the, so as you as the planner get to watch somebody, him, whoever, the other person enjoy, and you get pulled into their sense of aliveness and excitement, which is really fun. And another adventure I date, Chris loves cars. Okay, these are just examples. Chris loves cars. And he always wanted to test drive a Tesla. This is like years ago, okay? He always wanted to test drive a Tesla. But he never did it, because there was no Tesla um, uh, many, like outlet in San Francisco at the time. It was in Palo Alto. So anyway, one day I said to him, okay, at 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning, uh, don't schedule anything from 10 to noon. He's like, why? I'm like, adventure date. So he doesn't know where we're going. I just like start, I'm like, get in the car, we're gonna drive. So we end up driving to Palo Alto and he's like, where are we going? I'm like, it's an adventure day, you never know. So ended up, we ended up going to test drive this Tesla in the middle of our work day, right? We're working right now as real estate agents, but I, I scheduled this time. So it was really fun because it was unexpected in terms of the time, what the activity was. He had a great time test driving this car, it cost us zero dollars and it was really fun. 
Do you see what I'm saying? So there's a number of things I thought about as you went through that. Fantastic. So the first question I've got is Karen open to adventure dates? Oh, totally. So Chris can come to you and say, guess what? Oh, totally. Three yeah. o'clock this afternoon. Yeah. Ta-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. yeah. And he's done that before. He's very good at them, actually. Yeah. It's really fun. So, but, and the other thing that uh, happens during this experience mm -hmm. is I, I have to truly become aware of my fears. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, a lack of control. Yes. I, I want to be in control. Yeah. If, I, if I'm going to be happy, I have to be in control. You know? <laughs> so it, it makes us truly look in the mirror yeah. and say, wow, there's a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings yeah. around these experiences. Can, yes. And then there's also this tremendous liberation if you can surrender to them. Because, I mean, ultimately, if it's your best friend, your spouse, your whatever. I mean, they do know you to you're, some degree. And you're trusting. Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you are surrendering, yeah. but it's a relatively safe container, right? Unless they're, your best friend always pulls pranks on you, in which case then the container is more uncertain. But, uh, you know. But I could I could see where you could take this experience and kind of extrapolate it into other parts of your life. Totally. You know, you were talking about personal relationships, mm -hmm. but it could be uh, a project that you're working on, yeah, or it could be uh, organization, mm -hmm. or it could be a new startup, or yeah. it could be a number of things, yeah. And you can kind of just you can sense and feel each time that ooh, 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 and so those fears just rise up, and you know, yeah. So for like I said, the boundary between fear and excitement is very thin. And so that's where aliveness comes from because it's at that boundary yeah. of both. And so I would say the other thing too is that that same sort of edge or aliveness can come from brainstorming, right? So even uh -huh. dreaming together can cause that. So I've talked about adventure dates, right? Creating uncertainty. When we brainstorm together and dream the unknown together, so meaning we don't know what's going to happen yet, but I have an idea and then you bring in ideas and then we create this thing together, right? Whether it's an art project or, I don't know, whatever, this piece of music you're going to create or some trip you're going to take together or whatever it is that you're creating together. In the brainstorming of that, there's more aliveness because now you're navigating the unknown. Again, notice the theme is the unknown because when you navigate that, that is when we feel most alive. It's the opposite of certainty. That's where routine is. So if you can set times where you are in this cusp of uncertainty, that's what brings the aliveness back. And what I would also like to say is the more you do frequency work, the more you are in more of a state, not of uncertainty, but of not needing to knowness. Because you don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, you're okay. And yeah. honestly, even though it looks like we're in control and we know, we think we know what's going to happen, we really don't know what's going to happen. As we've learned from this filming, like you've been really sick, right? We didn't know that was going to happen. So you just got to kind of roll with it. We think it's all going to be lined up and it's all going to happen like, like clockwork. It doesn't happen like clockwork. The control is illusory, right? So um, the more we do frequency work, the more that you become very present and you don't have expectation of what's coming next. So you're kind of just rolling with it, which allows you to be very curious. I don't know what's going to happen. 
who knows? Like, are you going to be sick for the next four days? <laughs> are you going to be able to function? I don't know. Am I going to have to write your children? I don't know. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, it's all a learning experience about something. And it allows you to be in more of a sense of curiosity and wonder. Curiosity also will propel you into more of this aliveness. If you, instead of just assuming you know, do you know? Like, do we know? Clueless. Yeah. Just like, I don't know what's going to happen. But if you're really present, then what happens is that sense of excitement and aliveness comes back because really anything could happen. And that's where the magic is. So those three things are really helpful in cultivating aliveness. I have found in my personal experience, you talked about, uh, you know, just brainstorming and planning Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I have found that, you know, as you attain that level, Mm -hmm. that you can get excited just about the planning. Yeah. And just the planning and and just the preparation is just as enjoyable as the trip itself or yeah. the experience itself. Yeah. So I could tell as you lit up when you talked about adventure dating mm-hmm. that you just putting that together just created a moment of excitement for you. Exactly. Because you knew it was going to be exciting for Chris. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. The brainstorming yeah. is because the bra- I'm calling it brainstorming, it's really dreaming. So what we're doing is we're dreaming different possibilities. And when we dream different possibilities, again, we're in the unknown. So, and, it, and because we're dreaming, anything is more possible when we dream. Then it becomes exciting because we've opened up the possibilities from what we think we know to what can be. And as a result, we shift. Does that make sense? We shift from, okay, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know my world, I know everything about it, to, oh, what's possible? So now it becomes much more exciting because it's beyond the box of what it is that you think your world is. And, and I have found that there's people mm-hmm. that will not even give themselves permission to dream. I know. It's true. It's true. It's shocking to me. But yes, because I think a lot of people, well, to be fair, a lot of people don't, are fear failure right? They feel like they're not worthy of the dream, of having the dream, of attaining the dream, like how dare they try to dream. So there's a lot of distortion pattern around that. So the more just, again, here we go again, the more we clear, the more easy it is to dream, the more excitement you can have. And really, if you watch little kids, they get excited about very, it doesn't really matter, like the tinkle tinkle of the ice cream truck, extraordinarily exciting. <laughs> you know, a, a caterpillar right? can you into another world. Exactly. Yeah. Or like a squirrel. You're like, oh, wait, there's squ- where'd they go? Oh, it's squirrel. You know what I mean? <laughs> so off they've gone, right? It's very exciting. The, the innocence of that. Yeah. yeah. And it's the curiosity and the openness to seeing what will happen. And it's because they're so present, right? The kids are, are shifting now because they're so into their devices, unfortunately. But the kids who are not on the devices so much, they do have this natural curiosity. So in mimicking them, we're actually returning, as we release the distortion patterns, back to that sense of wonder, back to that sense of curiosity, of openness, of, ooh. Like, it really, it can be fascinating just to watch this, the sky and all the clouds, puffy clouds float by. I mean, it's really fascinating. It doesn't sound that exciting, but it really can be if you're not attached to a certain kind of experience or you should be doing something else or that you're wasting your time or whatever, you're just in it. Then it's more pleasurable and more fun. Yeah. 
I'm curious, uh, Karen, can as we as we start to experience this aliveness, mm-hmm. can that can that become progressive? Absolutely, and I would say that it's progressive based on the amount of frequency work that we do because of the, a lot of people have issues with adventure, aliveness, passion because they have a lot of fear. Okay, or they have a lot of lineage stuff having to do with what's appropriate and what they're allowed to express and what they're not allowed to express. So as we release our need for control, as we release our need to know what is coming next, we can have more adventure and we can actually surrender even more. And then we have more adventure because there's no, no fear anymore. And you realize that your higher self has you. you it has you at a certain level. You're going to be taken care of. It's going to be okay. So, for example, one of our greatest adventures was moving to Hawaii. So, you know, we didn't know any, it didn't make any sense to move to Hawaii, quite frankly, because it's really far away. So, to get to anywhere that I need to go in terms of travel for severe gluminosity, it's kind of a pain and because it's all over there. It's expensive. It's expensive to move there. Yeah. We didn't know anybody there. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't Why? make sense. Why? Why? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> whatsoever. And yet, I had this feeling like we have to go. And Chris also had this feeling, so thank goodness for Chris, but we both had this feeling, we have to go. We don't know what's going to happen. We really don't. But because of the work that we've done, it's like, okay, we're going to take that breath, and it's going to be, somehow it's going to work out. I don't really need to know why or how exactly, but we're going to follow and it's going to work out. So you get to the level that you're okay with the discomfort of not knowingness, of not knowing exactly how it's going to work out. And you just trust, but it does take a leap, right? You, I mean, I did have moments where I was just like, we are crazy for doing this, and we're going to do it anyway. So of course you second guess yourself, it's normal. And then to keep moving it irrespective is one of the things that has been really rewarding. And so what you're saying is, as you take that leap, you yeah. almost get better at it. Yes. And it, it becomes easier and, easier and almost kind of exciting and yes. fun. Yep. And uh, I'm looking forward to that experience. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. And then you become, as you say, okay with that fear, that not knowingness, that sort of like the part of you where in your mind you think, oh God, this makes no sense. Why am I doing this? Right? And you think, okay, well, thank you. That's not helpful right now. And you're going to move despite that. And again, that is like, you notice it's like fear, excitement is so close together. So that is even in the fear of that uncertainty, you get used to it, as you say, that discomfort. And then the reward is to be really open and curious and yeah, really alive. Well, that helped a lot for you to kind of bring fear and that excitement to the table together mm-hmm. so that and to realize that they're they they are kissing cousins. They are very kissing cousins. And so yeah. to be able to look at both of them and mm-hmm. then to move into it. So yeah. thank you Karen. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website GFC. Exactly what is that? A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to pure source even more and to clear the distortion patterns of this particular topic, what happens is a tremendous amount of momentum starts to happen because of the energetic of the entire group. And each individual is able to move faster and ascend higher than they could have on their own. Because I'm working on the frequency level, 
these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration on do you want to feel more alive? So this is essentially passion for life. So becoming aware of your body and how the weight is being held in your body. Noticing the tension where it might be in your body as you settle in. And start to relax even more. If you could please become aware of three inanimate objects in the room or the space that you're in and your relative position vis-a-vis these three objects. Good. Being aware of the sounds on your end, the sounds on my end. Helping you to become even more present in your body. Good. So now taking a breath and becoming aware of the space between your belly button and the base of your sternum, so your solar plexus. So becoming aware of this space as you take a deep breath in, holding it for as long as you think you can. And then whenever you're ready at your own time, releasing that breath and holding that breath out for as long as you think you can. And really notice if you can take yourself to that edge of discomfort and which is easier for you to hold your breath in or hold your breath out without judging it, just which it is. For those of you with a really long breath, I suggest putting this recording on pause until you complete that breath. For the rest of us, maintaining your focus in the solar plexus, breathing normally. Now, as I'm waiting for the mastermind to gel, for those of you who are new, please note that I am working on you at the group and the subgroup level, and that I'll be making noises on my end. So you'll hear me hum or exhale sharply or yawn even, although I'm not tired. And that's just the way I remove the distortion patterns. And I'm working more and more in silence these days as I work in higher and higher level frequencies because it takes more focus. So just note that if I'm not making any sound, it's not that I haven't, that I've gone somewhere. I'm still working on you. It just happens to be in silence. Good. And now that the mastermind has gelled, let's go ahead and ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And that question again is, how can I become 
even more aware of my connection only to pure source. And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of a brilliance deep, deep within the core of your body that starts to shimmer, to get brighter, to expand outwards through your cells, through your flesh, through the pores of your skin, and into the space around you until you come to the walls of your spirit body, which is the sphere at all arm's length all around you. So that brilliance starts to fill up the space between your body and the walls of this sphere. And eventually the walls of the sphere start to glow with that brilliance. And as you are imagining the whole sphere now glowing from deep within to the walls of the sphere, I'm working at source level to increase your natural bandwidth or capacity for connection with pure source. Now bringing your attention, please, to your xiphoid process, which is right at the base of your sternum. So your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. So as you come to the end of, or the base of your sternum, there's a fleshy point that when you press on it, it's tender. That's your xiphoid process. So bringing your attention to this specific point. So this has to do with uh, the first distortion pattern has to do with, um, for a larger subgroup review, um, has to do with this sort of um, um, a numbness. Okay. You don't really, it's like this blankets around you and you can't really feel anything. 
And there's a large group, another large subgroup of you who are outside of time. And so because you're either slightly in the future or slightly in the past and not in the current moment, you're not really experiencing life fully. It's like you're getting a sliver of life as opposed to the full high def experience of it because you're not present in the current collective now. Okay. Or what I call the collective present now. So as a result, your experience is more um, diffuse on spirit level and you don't experience it as much in the physical body. Okay. You kind of, it just kind of skims by you. You don't really notice it that much. So in both cases, this is not helpful for um, experiencing life to its fullest. So these are two very specific things and it's going to take me a little bit. So just keeping your attention on your xiphoid process. Good, now anchoring you all in time more firmly. When I mean time, I mean the collective present now. So it's still here in the xiphoid process. And in fact, it's from the xiphoid process all the way down to be your pubic bone. If you could become aware of the space between your xiphoid process and your pubic bone. All right. So this has to do with the distortion pattern of either not being fully in your body. Okay. So you tend to float out of your body. So therefore your experience of life of life is very, um, again, diffuse, and it's not really anchored in your body, where you have a sense of moral liveness. There is also, for another subgroup of you, um, uh, a lot of stuff around lineage binding and, um, let's call it stuff, I mean, distortion patterns around sensuality, and being able to fully engage all of your senses, right? So for some of you, it's, it's not appropriate. It's, uh, for others of you, because of religion, it's sinful or 
it is um, not what is quote unquote done. So it's not polite, etc. Um, all those things are binding sensuality. Now, sensuality often is lumped in with sexuality. And I'm not talking about sexuality right now. I'm talking about your senses and heightening your sensual experience through your five senses. So meaning really enjoying the flavor of the piece of fruit that you're eating, or really becoming aware of the smells of the flowers as you walk out into your garden, or the temperature of the air, that type of thing. Okay. Your senses are a really big bridge into having a really high definition experience of life. And in that, there's a pleasurableness of being in the body and a heightened um, passion, right? Because passion is simply being really present in the moment and fully experience it okay, to some degree. So, um, or that is a possible interpretation of passion for life, right? We always think of passion as sexual. It doesn't have to be. It can just be passion for life. So there's a full presence and living in life, and that is through your senses. So, um, addressing these two distortion patterns, which are pretty huge. Okay. So all you have to do is become aware of this space between your pubic bone and your xiphoid process. So removing these distortion patterns so you can experience this more fully and come into life more fully. And now bring your attention between your pubic bone all the way to your heart space. And if you can imagine a line, a center line that's drawn between these two points, if you're taking a pen and running it through these two points, please focus on that center line. So this has to do with uh, the distortion pattern of expectation and or mental chatter, depending on the subgroup you're in. Okay, so you tend to go into a lot of story about what life should be. And a lot of time is spent in the story and not so much in the experience. 
Okay, so a lot of mental chatter, a lot of attachment to story, um, and also uh, a lot of expectation of how something should be rather than how it actually is. So there's a lot of filtering here through the mind. So when you have that, there's less presence in life and therefore less exuberance for it because it's a story as opposed to an experience. So helping you to release this so you can just have more of the experience and be more in the present. Good. Bringing your attention back to your solar plexus. Between your belly button and the base of your sternum. Working on integrating your pain bodies. Good. Taking a deep, very present, sensual breath in. Holding it for a second or two and releasing it with some sound. Like, ha. <sighs> very nice. I'm going to leave you in this space for as long as you'd like. And I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. If you're ready to clear even more of the frequency distortion patterns that are holding you back so you can accelerate towards where you want to be, please visit my website at sphericalluminosity.com.